Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. You know, through the course of this month, we've been talking about you know insurance. We've been talking about how to better protect you as it related to life insurance, disability insurance. This week, we're going to be speaking about how to properly protect your property. And when I was thinking about you know this topic today, since it certainly is not an area of my expertise, what I thought I would do is reach out to one of the resident experts that, you know, when we have questions that we can talk to. And I came up with one of my friends out there, Rich Housworth of World Insurance. Rich is a certified insurance counselor. He's been in the business for years. And overall, wonderful guy, very funny, and a pleasure to have on the show. So, Rich, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate being on here with you. So, Rich, you know, there's a lot of material as it relates to property and casualty insurance. And, you know, when I watch television, it would make it seem as if, boy, this should be really an easy area that I should be able to just go out and, you know, kind of, you know, check off a few boxes, pick and choose and so forth what I want in insurance. And I know it's not that. So because I know it's not that, why don't we start with what are some of the misconceptions that are out there as it relates to property insurance, property and casualty, that people should be aware of? Frank, the problem right now is that insurance on property and casualty has become a lot more complicated as we go through the years. A lot more exclusions are putting in there because a lot of claims have been multiplying through the years on on various situations. So some of the common misconceptions is that from our standpoint is that it's not one product fits all. It's going to be different products, especially in the areas down here at the Jersey Shore where we're dealing with coastal issues, uh, where we're dealing with changes in our society, uh, weather pattern changes. So I think one of the first and biggest misconceptions that people should be aware of in property casually, uh, my partners and I have been talking about it, has been in the, f- the area of flood insurance. Uh, flood insurance is a product that uh, we've all had to some way, shape, form, or another deal with at the Jersey Shore as a result of Hurricane Sandy. But the big takeaway on this is that flood insurance is available to everyone. Uh, I don't care if you're on the top of uh, the Delaware Water Gap Mountain or you're down next to the water. Uh, It is available whether you're in a coastal area or not. And now that we're in the middle of hurricane season, it's something that should be handled and something that people should be buying more of. Great perspective on that. So if we stay with that just a little bit, you know, as we were talking about, you know, flood insurance and so forth, there's a lot of information out there um, that talks about you can save money on insurances and things of that nature. And you and I have spoken about it, which is, you know, how do some of these companies, you know, kind of sit there and say, oh, we can save you money and make that accusation. And the question is, is are they really able to do what they're saying they're doing? Or does it really have something to do with the level of insurance and what's going on there? And what is the right level of insurance that someone should have for their auto, the homeowners? How do you know what's right, what's not right? Well, I think the first thing you have to start with is the matter of property insurance, which would be your home, the value of your car, anything along those lines. What we're talking about here is with your house, you would want to insure it for the full amount of its replacement value. Replacement value being the most important part of it so that, God forbid, there is a catastrophic loss, that you have enough money in that policy in order to rebuild. That's the easy part. When we talk about liability, that's a whole different matter. We try to explain to our clients that there is no right or wrong answer. 
if I was to go out to a couple today and they say, how much liability should I have? I would probably want to say to them, you have your choice of two things, either buy the maximum amount that the market will sell you or buy as much as you can comfortably afford knowing full well that our law schools are not putting out any fewer law students into attorneys these days. They're putting out more. And there are more possibilities in today's day and age for someone to be the recipient of a a rather nasty lawsuit. So that's where I feel about the level of, of what is appropriate in today's day and age. As far as what you can save on the Internet with one of these 1-800 companies, or, or that little uh, computer-animated lizard that's on there. Um, I believe two years ago, one of those large companies that we're thinking about right now spent a little over $600 million in advertising. I can't keep up with that in my business, but they can. And when someone actually calls, what you'll find out is that they are offering them lower limits of liability in order to save them money. Our company goes out into the market. We represent at least six or seven different carriers just selling auto insurance. We're offering the client a level of liability which we think would be appropriate, and we try to get them to understand the reason behind that, and we can give them a choice of seven, six or seven different uh, premiums so that we could try to fit what they need the best. You know, it's interesting as I was listening to you um, on that question, you know, one of the things that occurs to me is is that, you know, um, you mentioned the term, which, you know, we say, which is you'd want the maximum coverage that you can get or that you can afford, which has been a philosophy of our firm forever, you know, which is, you know, we look at insurance that if a claim occurred yesterday and God kind of tapped you on your shoulder and he goes, I got a favor that I'm going to do for you here, you can buy the insurance the day before yesterday. So the question is, is would you run out and buy the cheapest one and the least one you can get, or would you go out and get the right amount of coverage and have full replacement value for whatever? And what happens is, is sometimes I think people get conflicted, which is they think that to have the right amount of coverage, you know, it's going to cost them a fortune. And instead of speaking to an, a good advisor or someone, what they do is they end up cutting coverage and not doing the right thing. Precisely. So that that's just my observation. And one of the things I also noticed is, you know, and it's a, a statement that we make, and maybe you can, you know, expand upon this a little bit. You know, we always tell people the little claim is not the claim that's going to kill you. It's the big claim. And so if you can handle the higher deductibles and so forth, you're probably better off adding on to the top levels of your Absolutely. Coverage. Couldn't agree with you more. And so, you know, maybe you could just take a minute, and I know it wasn't something that we had initially thought about talking about, but... Um, are you you seeing more people that are getting into the higher deductibles? I know on health insurance we see that more, but how about auto and homeowners um, working with the deductibles and maybe some of the lower limits? What do you think there, Rich? Well, first of all, you have to understand in today's day and age, insurance carriers are not going to be offering, moving forward, lower deductibles. The cost of settling a claim has become extraordinarily high because of the fact that we still have to send out an adjuster. It still has to be processed in-house. So the cost of handling a claim has actually gone up. So you're not going to see on homes anyway, or even on auto, they're not going to see the $100 deductibles being offered moving forward. So on, on a basis of that, along the Jersey coast, you're not seeing carriers on the homeowner side issuing deductibles of probably less than $1,000. 
So yes, on the homeowner side, you can save a substantial amount of money by going up to $2,500 or even $5,000. Uh, if you're talking about a fairly decent-sized home, um, and obviously we're seeing more of those along the coast uh, that have values of a million and up, you might even see carriers offering a $10,000 deductible. It's always worthwhile, in my opinion, to go for something like that. You don't see that much of a savings on the auto side when it comes to the deductibles for comprehensive and collision. You probably don't see much more over $1,000. So over that, you're not going to see any savings. So most of our our customers are, are in the 500 to 1,000 deductible on the auto. Very good. Great insight. Let me you know, go to the next thing, you know, which is service matters. And when I talk about service mattering and so forth, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Internet, and you actually surprised me on the answer, you know, when I had asked you this earlier, which was I was trying to find out, you know, people buying insurance on the Internet, you know, pros and cons of that. And, you know, you pointed out very brilliantly that the challenge with regard to buying on the Internet is that you may end up with coverage a lot lower than what you should have. And typically people find that out after the claim. <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way, Frank. As you are aware, um, your your line of business as well as mine is regulated by state and federal authorities. And the state of New Jersey has an extremely efficient Department of Insurance that oversees all of the carriers who offer home, auto, and personal lines products in the state. So when it comes to settling claims, they also oversee that as well. And they keep a record of complaints. And if the commissioner and his staff happen to see situations where there is bad um, claim settlement, they're going to take a, a remedial action. So even the 1-800 companies, 1-800 uh, online companies um, who are out there in today's market, they're going to do the best they possibly can to settle a claim. So I really can't say that some of these direct right companies are doing badly and obviously, it's a good public relations standpoint if they can provide above-average service. So, so we should expect, then, that most companies should be pretty good on the service side and settling claims. Absolutely. Our biggest concern from a service standpoint really should be coordination of coverage, making sure that our coverages are coordinated, which the way they have to be with regard to coinsurances and how would they fit in the other coverages that we have and making sure that we don't have big gaps that we find out afterwards. Well, even in financial planning, um, somebody could go to a bank and, and buy a CD or they can go to a financial planning uh, professional such as yourself. And we recommend the same thing to anybody who's looking to buy property and casualty insurance and are looking for proper protection is to go find a consultant, an independent agent, who can sit down and look at the entire picture of what someone has to protect so that they can get coordinated efforts on protecting what matters most of their life. So, Rich, I hope I'm not going to throw you a curveball here, but you, you um, used a term that I'd like to bring out, which is an independent agent. And so you know, what I find interesting in there is, is that an independent agent to me means that you – represent several companies, you have the ability to shop several companies. That's correct. Versus a captive agent. Maybe you could just take a minute and share with, you know, our listeners why there's a, you know, you might want to at least check with an independent agent versus dealing just captive. Well, we don't deal with one carrier. We deal with multiple carriers and we can give you multiple choices. So, you know, one is a very lonely number in my book. 
so that on based on what a client is looking for uh, we can go into the market we can get alternate quotes on different things in order to get them the best possible coverage at the least possible cost it's great insight so you know for my listeners out there as we're talking about this my suggestion is deal with someone that has access to several carriers so that they can give you the opportunity to look at you know where you should be the next you know thing that I wanted to just spend a few minutes about is talking about the concept or the product of an umbrella policy which is you know over my 30 years of providing financial advice I'm amazed at how many people do not have an umbrella policy you know when I go through what they have in insurance and I sit there and I scratch my head and I go this is a no-brainer but there are a lot of people that they don't have it so maybe just take a little bit of time and explain you know what is an umbrella policy why should they have it and maybe even talk about how insignificant the costs really are sure Frank the biggest thing that folks have to come to the realization is whether it's your auto or your home or coverage on your boat or coverage on a rental property there are maximums that a policy is going to offer you usually in the area of three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand so an umbrella is is kind of a slang term we use in our industry and it basically stands for excess liability and the average individual owning one home and two cars can buy an excess liability policy, let's say of a million dollars, for somewhere in the area of about 150 to 175 dollars a year. Really, really inexpensive. People who are close to retirement age, people who have accumulated assets um, throughout their life in their 401ks, they're getting ready to retire. Um, I don't recommend a million anymore. I'm recommending somewhere in the area of five million possibly even higher depending on what their asset worth is. So when we start talking about a $5 million umbrella over an individual's home and auto, we might only be looking at an average $650 a year, which when you're protecting those kind of assets, it's a worthwhile product to have. We're not breaking the bank is what We're I'm not hearing. breaking the bank there. You know, what's interesting is, is um, you know, the last thing that we'll chat a little bit about is what I call young drivers. And one of the things I'm always recommending to clients, especially, you know, if they have, you know, children that are going to be driving or whatever, is get your umbrellas in advance. Because typically one, what I've noticed is once you have teenage drivers, insurance companies don't like to issue umbrella policies. So, well, that's really not the case nowadays. Oh, so it's gotten better. It's gotten better. We have markets that we can, we can put a, a couple that has a youthful operator and basically provide the parents with the protection they need. God forbid a, a youthful operator causes an accident. So let's stay with that youthful operator, and that'll be our last question of the day, which is to just maybe tell us very simply, put them on the parent's policy or get the child their own policy. What are your thoughts? Put them on the parent's policy, get the maximum amount of an umbrella that you can get, and sleep at night. Got it. Because I, I have heard of people over the years that, you know, they try to get the kid their own policy and then they get the minimum coverages and everything else. But I think that the liability may ultimately still come back to the parents. Is Absolutely. That- I couldn't agree with you more. And that will happen. They will go after the parents. But the problem is the parents' auto policy is not going to respond if they already have a policy for that youthful. Well, that's a great insight there. Is there anything else, blind spots that people should know about as it relates to their insurance and so forth as we wrap up today's show, as it relates to Internet, things of that nature, any of those type of things? Oh, we'd love to come back and do this again uh, because I know your time is short here. Um, We recommend, uh, you mentioned to me once before about rental cars. 
we seriously recommend that you buy the collision damage waiver on a rental car oh, as opposed do. to as opposed to try to put it on your Amex card or something else like that. And if you invite me back, I'll be able to turn around and give you some insight on that. Very good. For all of our listeners, uh, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today has been Richard Houseworth. You know, and Richard has been, as we mentioned before, expert in the insurance area. He works with World Insurance based out of Tenton Falls, New Jersey. And, Richard, your base office also is out of, you have an office in Forked River, I think, as well, correct? World, World Insurance is, uh, has several offices. My office that I manage is down in Forked River, Lacey Township. Very good. Thank you so much, Rich, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This has been your host, Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, or you can email us at info at com. Thank you and have a blessed week.